0: This podcast is brought to you by year successcom a free online course on success. Enroll at Year2Success.com.
1: Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello everybody, this is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan LeBec. Ryan, what's in store for our listeners today?
0: Well, on today's show we're rounding off our 2018 international convention preview we have four more dynamic presenters lined up let's tune in right now well our next guest is going to pull out her frequent flyer card so we can stamp it i think this is her third appearance on the toastmasters podcast She served as the international president of 2010 to 2011. She is, of course, Pat Johnson, and she's the owner of Pat Johnson and Associates, where she coaches leaders to help them find their greatest version of their authentic selves. Pat is presenting an educational session on Wednesday, August 22nd, at the International Convention in Chicago. The title is Building and Sustaining Vibrant Corporate Clubs. Pat Johnson, welcome back to the Toastmasters podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Ryan and Greg. Great to be here. Pat, the first thing I want to ask
0: you, before we delve into some of the actual content of your session, is why corporate clubs? Why, out of all the things we could be talking about at Toastmasters International Convention, and obviously this isn't the only thing we'll be talking about, but why a session on corporate clubs?
2: First of all, uh, my background is working in the corporate world before I went out in on my own. And I ran learning and development departments as well as professional development elements in, a, in the corporate world. And I became very aware as we were building clubs, and I watched so many corporate clubs fail around the world. We really needed to take a look at this. So I started looking at it from the corporate perspective rather than the Toastmasters perspective. And identified what I thought something that I could contribute to that. So I've been talking about this since I was president, actually talked about it during that year and then gave it a rest because we were involved with Pathways. And now the last couple of years have been reviving it and talking to world headquarters about it, et cetera. So it's still a huge need. I think I have some answers, definitely not all of them, but some things for people to contemplate.
1: I think it's obvious you do have the answer since you're going to be the featured speaker. But for the benefit of those who might be new to Toastmasters, how would you be defining corporate clubs?
2: Well, a corporate program, as I call it, is when it is hosted by a corporation. It is a closed club, specifically for the employees in-house. Often the corporation will provide the meeting space, and they may also provide the tuition fees and or the time off work to attend. So it really is an in-house program offered as a benefit to their employees.
1: But of course it's still a Toastmasters club.
2: It is run around the Toastmasters curriculum. Yes, I actually do not use the word club in a corporate environment because it has different connotations and so I call it a program so that it fits in with the corporate environment and the other learning programs that they would have in that environment.
0: That's very interesting, Pat, you mentioned the turnover in corporate clubs. Why is it that corporate clubs tend to be um, subject to higher rates of turnover than we might find otherwise in the Toastmasters world?
2: Therein lies some of the insights where i that I gained when I was looking at why do we have frequent loss of and turnover in corporate clubs? What I discovered is that, first of all, we build them like community clubs and we put the same curriculum in, we put the same agenda in, we have the same format and it's not conducive to executives sending their employees or supervisors, managers to sending their employees to that kind of training. They don't see the relevance. The turnover for me is has a lot to do with Corporate clubs become isolated and they don't participate in area division district international events because they meet during work and they don't see the leadership opportunities or anything outside of their corporate program. The other part of it is that often there, nobody visits and they don't have any connection to Toastmasters International. They feel like they belong something internal and they don't recognize that they're part of a larger global organization. So it's up to Toastmasters when we go in to set that stage. The other thing that happens when we have failure in corporate world that I've noted is that the corporate sponsor or the corporate corporate champion often disappears. Then nobody in the corporate world even knows that Toastmasters is still in house or when it comes for renewal of the tuition that person's disappeared as well as their budget. So there's many reasons, and that's identifying those, what I call gaps, is what caused me to really look at this more deeply and look at what are some of the solutions that we can put in place.
1: Yeah, Pat, that makes a lot of sense because I'm thinking back to one club I helped form a number of years ago, And I do remember that one of the general managers there was really, really involved, and in fact, he realized the benefit of Toastmasters, and he encouraged a lot of the members to join, and he was there for quite a while, and I know once he left there was a little bit of a challenge keeping the energy. I also recall in that club that after a while people got very comfortable within their own little environment. I remember trying to encourage one of the members to take that speech that he had delivered and deliver it outside of his club. And interestingly enough, he was a bit reluctant because he had said, well, I don't really do anything outside of work hours. What you're proposing sounds like a phenomenal opportunity for the corporate clubs and the people within the clubs.
2: Yeah, thank you. And you know, there's an old adage in business that says, begin as you intend to continue. And I think that that is so important right at the very beginning that when we go into the corporate world, we meet with the corporate champion and make sure that there's a strong connection in the corporate world. And then take the program and actually integrate it into the corporate fabric rather than having it a uh, limb hanging on to the outside of the corporation saying, oh, this is Toastmasters. No, I believe that when they sign that let's form a club, that they're actually licensing the curriculum. And when we bring that into the corporate world, they need to integrate that into HR. They need to integrate that into their learning and development. They need to put that in their training calendar. They need to uh, make it part. And then as toastmasters go in it's critical in a corporate club that or corporate program that we have the sponsors and mentors stay for a year somebody has to stay for a year because they have no access to what a proxy is that they would actually vote at an international convention that there there that there even was such a thing that there are speech contests that there are elections that there's a leadership team that's running their program and that's where they get the leadership development. And so there's a lot of coaching and mentoring required. And I believe that as sponsors and mentors, if we look at anything less than a year commitment, that we leave them unprepared to survive. And Pat,
0: what is the session itself going to look like? and, And who is it intended for?
2: Well, I would say anyone that's in Toastmasters who has ever built a club is interested in building a corporate club or is a member of a corporate club and struggling, or even if they're thriving as a corporate club. I think that it's just a real different way of looking at things and see how old habits die hard. I've called it a corporate club. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I do call it a corporate program uh, because it's part of the t- name change. I start by talking about the basic requirements of where we're going to put corporate clubs just very briefly. I really talk a lot about the language change because language is part of the branding when we go into the corporate world. And if we use the language like club, we talk about dues. All of those things send incorrect messages in the corporate world. Uh, There's corporations where I've worked that actually have policies against paying dues for employees because it's seen as professional dues rather than tuition to take a program or or some training. So there's a lot of conflict in the corporate world. So we talk about language being so important. I go through a lot of things that are important in terms of building relationships within the corporation and building the program into their structure and how that would best help. Talk a bit about the meeting agenda because I see community club meeting agendas going into corporate clubs that are totally inappropriate. If a VP walked into that meeting, it would end. And looking at the expectations from Toastmasters as well as the corporation because we're partnering in this. We're providing them curriculum and we're the contractor to them. I also spend a bit of time talking about the various roles of the leadership executive of the program, meaning, in other words, the club executive, and how their roles are different within a corporate world. The VP of membership is not running around doing a membership drive, for example. They're liaising with part of the corporation. So I believe that if we build it right and we make it look like a corporate program, that it is sustainable because as long as there's a need in the corporation, it will be there and they'll be running it and we're just supporting it. The other thing that I do is talk about accountability and any corporation that's putting out any amount of money of which Toastmasters cost them very little, is the accountability and return on investment.
1: Well, Pat Johnson, thank you so much for being on the program. Your session is called Building and Sustaining Vibrant Corporate Clubs. It'll be held Wednesday, August 22nd in the afternoon at the International Convention in Chicago. Pat Johnson, thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing everybody in the session at the convention.
0: Thanks a lot, Pat. Our next guest is Mohammed Murad. He is a past international president for Toastmasters International and an entrepreneur. And he is going to be presenting an educational session on Friday, August 24th, entitled, Is Leadership for Me? Welcome, Muhammad Murad.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, Muhammad, to start off, I know you are someone who knows a thing or two about leadership, but I'm curious to know who the intended audience is for your session. Is someone who's already in a leadership role and committed to leadership? Is, is that someone who will still benefit from your session, or are you primarily directing it towards people who are skeptical about their own ability to lead?
3: Well, it covers uh, practically everyone uh, because at each and every stage of leadership, whether you're a beginner or, or a seasoned leader, this question comes up over and over again. And within the session, we will be facilitating people to self-explore and for them to be able to see leadership from their perspective. It pretty much covers everyone who's interested in leadership.
0: And is it a primarily philosophical approach, or is your session going to get practical brass tacks? Here are some things to do to improve your leadership.
3: Oh, it, it's very interactive. So there'll be a lot of people thinking, a lot of people doing things that would get them into the mood of taking of up leadership. If, if I was to look at it from a philosophical and a practical perspective, I would say there is both both of of them uh, involved within the session where we start off uh, with the philosophy and then we go into uh, the brick and mortar of, of leadership and what does it mean to people.
0: A lot of ink has been spilled and a lot of words have been spoken over the years about leadership. What is it that you have to bring to the table, to the discussion that you think is unique?
3: I promote that everyone needs to understand leadership within their their own perspective rather than uh, looking at this building, uh, no pun intended, uh, from others and, and, and try to find their leadership and themselves uh, from others' perspective. So I always say that it's good that you uh, look at different perspectives on the outside, but it's always the best that you look into what does it mean to you in order to become successful. It's getting uh, knowledge from the outside and being able to self-reflect and then be able to come to conclusions on your own because that's the only way that leadership would work for for anyone. Because it's uh, as I call it, it is bio-individual, so it 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 has a lot of biology built into. Your perspective of, of leadership and how you implement re- leadership.
0: Interesting. One question that I love to ask Mohammed is for the presenter to share a tidbit, a gem, uh, maybe even a story, mm-hmm. something that that's practical that people listening, even if they don't attend the convention and hear your entire presentation, what's one little right. what's one little secret or tip for leadership that you can share with us that we can put into practice today.
3: What I would like to share is, is for everyone to be able to ask themselves this question day in and day out, uh, because leadership is a, is a daily uh, it's a daily task. It's not something that has to happen on the bigger perspective, and you wait for leadership to happen, and there is something that you need to go through in order for, for leadership to be passed. It It's a day-to-day perspective on how you approach things. So If, if, if everyone looks at it from this perspective, uh, they are going to be uh, in a much better position, uh, leading their own lives, first of all, uh, and being able to help others also lead their lives uh, and, and showing them the way of how they could implement leadership in their own lives.
0: Right, so there are leadership opportunities every day, and I particularly like how you said that leading yourself first, because that—that's our first job as a leader, isn't it? To, <laughs> to build Absolutely. our our own self management skills before we can then uh, effectively lead others. Can you talk about that just a little bit more?
3: Well, it's it's uh, I always give this example of of uh, uh, you know of uh, someone who is very selfish, and so. Uh, uh, we take an example of a doctor for instance uh, a doctor cannot uh, become a good doctor helping others unless they are selfish first they uh, study and and go into internships and and go into practice uh, before they actually go on uh, into practicing medicine uh, so it, it's about self leadership first you need to Learn, you need to uh, hone yourself, you need to polish your skills in order to be able to help others. And it's the same thing for each and every endeavor in life, whether it's, it's on a work front or a family front or even between friends. So you need to be good in order to have good going on to others.
0: Fantastic. Muhammad. it's clear that there's a deep well of experience and wisdom that you bring with you and that you'll be bringing to uh, Chicago, Illinois, to share with all of the attendees there. I want to thank you for taking a few minutes to tell us a little bit about your session and wish you best of success at the conference and in all of your future Toastmasters and non-Toastmasters related endeavors. So thank you so much.
3: Well, thank you for having me and I look forward to seeing all of the attendees in the conference. And if you're not there, please go into the streaming and look at the sessions. I'm sure you're going to enjoy that.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much, Mohammed. Thank you. Our next guest is Johnny Campbell. Johnny is a keynote speaker and author. He's a past president of the National Speakers Association in the state of Illinois, and he's received the accredited speaker designation from Toastmasters International. Johnny will be presenting a session at the International Convention on the afternoon of Thursday, August 23rd. The title of his session is Embracing the Winds of Change, Adjust Your Sales. Johnny Campbell, the transition man, welcome back to the Toastmasters podcast.
4: Thank you, Ryan. I am glad to be back with you here again.
0: Yes, we were just chatting before we started recording that uh, we first met in 2009 at an international convention in Connecticut and then connected again in 2011 in Las Vegas. And you're all about change. So what's changed for you in the past few years?
4: Well, one of the biggest changes personally is I've gotten married. So that's probably one of the biggest changes in my life. Congratulations. Thank you. And the the lady that I married, she is also a Toastmaster. So that's a double right there. That's a double.
0: Nice. Nice. Now, did you meet her through Toastmasters or did you rope her into Toastmasters after uh, you started dating
4: or after you married? No, actually, I met her in Toastmasters and it was a senior member of our of my club that introduced me to her. When I moved to Florida. So it's all Toastmaster related. That's a beautiful
0: thing. (laughs) I love it. Obviously, Johnny, we're going to chat a little bit about your session, Embracing the Winds of Change, Adjust Your Sales. When I think about change and leading change in a leadership context, the first thing you need to deal with when change occurs is embracing that change personally Embracing it, recognizing it, acknowledging it, accepting it, and then perhaps plotting your course to move forward with it. So, as you know, in Toastmasters, we've had lots of change in the past couple of years with the the new rollout of the Pathways program, which I know um, your part of the world and mine uh, just got access to very recently. But I would like to hear your thoughts, if you would, on what ideas or suggestions do you have for leaders to deal with change at the personal level to begin with.
4: Okay, well, first, when you think about changing your in yourself, you have to and if you really are trying to embrace change, you have to move from reacting to change to, be, to becoming more responsive to change. That's the real key to starting to embrace it. You have to learn how to be more responsive to it. When you're more responsive to it, you have more control over the changes you are experiencing. See, and, and here's the other part of that thought process for an individual. Change is not you. You don't change. Change is an event, a situation, or a thing. And we react or we respond to change. We are designed to make transitions. We are designed to improve. And transitioning is what people actually do. They make a process of moving from where they are to where they want to be, whether it's in their personal life or professional life. We are designed to grow and improve. The changes around us are really just events, situations and things. And when a person starts to look at change as an event situation or thing that they have some level of control over, which is how they respond, that starts to take them down a path of dealing with it more effectively. Because initially, most people feel like they have no control over change when it happens. But you always have control over how you respond to the change that is occurring.
0: I'm thinking that a lot of times there are changes. Like for me, for example, the Pathways program is a positive change Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm very much looking forward to. Your marriage uh, that you mentioned is obviously a, a positive change. And then sometimes we have, I'll call them negative (laughs) changes, uh, such as the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, whether the change is positive or negative, it would seem to me that there's a level of stress that's added just by the the nature of change. So what are some things that we can do to be more resilient in the face of, of change, whether it is something we perceive as a positive or a negative?
4: Well, one of the biggest things that causes the stress of any kind of, we'll just say a lot of the negative changes, is what's called self-identification. You have identified yourself with this change that has occurred, and you have a sense of loss, that you are losing something, especially when it's negative. You're losing something, you're missing out on something. By you identifying yourself with this thing, that causes you to have that stress and anxiety. Where in reality, it's the other way around. It's like that you are not it. It is a part of you. And because it's a part of you that you can let go of, it allows you to reduce the level of stress you have. Like when someone loses their job, they lose their job and they feel like a sense of loss. Like not just that they've lost their income, but they've lost who they are. So one of the strategies that I give people is when it comes to losing your job, I said you must unbundle your skill sets. Stop identifying yourself as your job and identify yourself as who you are in that job. In other words, you've improved. You've you've developed new skills, new abilities. Those are things you will never lose. Those are the things that you will take with you on your journey to the new place. But if you identify with the job and it's gone, you will feel lost. But if you identify with yourself and what you've learned and what you've become, then you can respond to that loss in a more effective way. And with people, that's really what it comes down to. It's we, we have such a self-identification with things that when they are taken from us or we lose them, we just feel lost. But it's about us responding. And it's like when something does occur, it's how we respond that makes the biggest difference of us getting over it and moving past it. Can you give us some insight
0: into what your actual session is going to be like. I know, for example, in the description, it says it's going to be an interactive session. So what are attendees going to experience and see and feel when they're in the room with you on August
4: 23rd? I'm a very experiential type speaker. So we're going to have, I'm going to have conversations with them about certain things that are going on in their life as it relates to achievement. And what, what do I really mean by that? What I'm talking about is there's a lot of things that we've been told and, and, and shared with on how to deal with change. And I'm going to challenge some of those beliefs by giving people examples and illustrations to show them how what they believe to be true about change is not true. So it's kind of like it's more just interactive, me asking them questions, allowing the audience to kind of give their overall response back to me again. For example, I always do this particular exercise. I have everyone say the word change. Then I say say the word transition. I ask them to say the word change and I ask them to say the word transition. And then I ask them this question, which one sounds better? And, they'll, and chances are they will say transition and I'll say, you are correct because that's what you were designed and built to do in your life was to make transitions to and through situations. And because you were built to make transitions through things, that's what we're going to talk about, how you move through the things of life get to where you want to be. In other words, adjust your sail. So a lot of times, my interactivity is to first dispel some existing beliefs and offer them a new path toward the achievement of their goals. And then I share just lots of steps. And a lot of people will be busy writing down step by step the processes that I'm going to share on how to overcome fear, how to reduce doubt when you're dealing with change, how to eliminate worry when you feel that a change is coming. And I provide people with lots of steps and ways of looking at it and going forward, experiencing it in a much more productive and positive way. Nice. That
0: sounds like something we can all
4: benefit from.
0: For folks who want to learn more, please do register for the convention and be sure to get yourself to Johnny's session on Thursday, August 23rd. Johnny Campbell, the transition man. Thank you
4: once again for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing everyone at the session i'm from chicago so i'm expecting all my chicago friends and family to be there as i share this message on how to adjust your sail when you're embracing the winds of change
0: our next guest is speaker trainer and advocate sarah khan Sarah's face will look familiar to many of our listeners as it graced the cover of the March 2018 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. And more to the point, she will be providing an educational session at the International Convention on the afternoon of Thursday, August 23rd. The title of her session is Hashtag begin Within. Sarah Khan, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast.
5: Thank you so much, Ryan.
0: Sarah, I want to ask you, as I look through the different session descriptions, yours stands out to me as one that's very different, and not just for the fact that it's the only one beginning with a hashtag. (laughs) Um, Looks like we're going to hear a really personal story, not so much didactic. So can you give us a little bit of, of what you have in store for us? What's the topic?
5: Absolutely, Ryan uh Ryan, you know what uh, you know I believe that our life is made up of experiences and experiments, and by experiments, I mean trials and errors and failures and success that we live through, so you know to me, education doesn't necessarily have to be has uh, have to be didactic only it can also come from lessons and wisdom derived from those experiences and experiments. So what I do is through my personal uh, stories, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share those life lessons and the wisdom drawn from them. And that is what I'm going to try to showcase as educational references. And the thing is, you know, the reason I use personal stories is because what better way to connect to to an audience at an emotional level than through stories, right? in order to get the heart to move the mind we need to appeal to emotions because that is how you're able to inspire lives and influence change and that's my educational session hashtag begin within
0: why did you decide to name your educational session beginning with a hashtag
5: (laughs) you know ryan in my career i've uh, given tons of speeches and spoken at various different platforms And uh, over the years, I've come to realize that when a topic is big enough, you know, and when it is dear enough, then it just can't be another speech. It decries change, you know, and uh, to bring about that change, you have to move people. So hashtag begin within is actually a step towards starting a movement.
0: Usually when we see a session description, it's um, uh, quite often there. are a bit longer and it gives you an idea of what it's going to be about, I think it might be helpful if you share a little bit of your background with our audience um, and and just a little bit of, of context for the nature of the stories you're going to tell, if that makes sense.
5: Absolutely, absolutely, Ryan. Uh, so basically, my background is that I am a, a public speaker by profession and a peacemonger by passion. <laughs> And so, you know, what I do as a peacemonger is that I passionately and rigorously promote peace uh, by building bridges between communities um, in order to create social harmony through cultivating empathy. So what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to be together. We are going to explore the art of cultivating empathy through uh, shared experiences and experiments. And, um, you know, we talk about empathy we hear about empathy a lot, you know, you know, it's a very uh, y- uh, t- to me, uh, you know, or some to others, it seems like a used and abused uh, term. But what often uh, happens is that people talk about why the why, you know, why is it important uh, to have empathy and, uh, you know, how important it is in our uh, in our life today in our society. But they don't really necessarily delve into the why the how. Right. Okay. So, how do you cultivate empathy? You know, so that is what I'm going to share through my stories and uh, basically walk the audience with me through my journey and all of the people who exemplified empathy and how they did it. And then, uh, you know, take you on a step by step on how to cultivate empathy.
0: Sarah, you've referred a few times to your journey and some of the things you've been through without making any specific mention to it. Some of those experiences are related to being part of a religious minority here in the United States. Could you share with our listeners what your ethnic and religious background is?
5: I am a proud American Muslim. Uh, I am a Hijabi Muslim, so I wear a headscarf. I cover my hair. And uh, another interesting thing about my background is that I was born in a Hindu country, in India. I was uh, uh raised in a conservative Muslim household, so I'm a Muslim and I was uh, I studied under nuns in an all-girls Catholic convent. <laughs> And then and in my early 90s, I moved to America, you know, um, and um, uh, a naturalized uh, citizen of America.
0: Sarah, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Toastmasters podcast. Sounds like you've got a lot in store for the attendees of the convention in Chicago and look forward to seeing you on the stage there.
5: Thank you so much, Ryan. It was uh, wonderful chatting with you and I look forward to seeing as many of my Toastmasters family members as possible uh, at the convention in Chicago.
0: Hi, this is Bo Bennett, host of the Toastmasters podcast. Back in 2004, I wrote the book Year to Success, the most complete and practical book on success ever written. Thanks to today's technology, I've turned the book into an online course. Here's the best part. The course is 100% free. Enroll at yeartosuccess.com and work on one personal development idea each day for the next eight months or so. That address is yeartosuccess.com. See you there.